Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. So you're staring ahead and see these two glowing eyes kind of emerge from the darkness and trying to figure out what this thing is. Uh, do you have either folklore or, or fairy lore? Um, not much of either. I have a little bit more fairy lore than folklore, but still pretty close to the base. Let's uh, let's roll some fairy lore. No, that's a hard no. So you're trying to figure out what this thing is as it creeps closer to you. And it's this big, massive, like wolfish canine form. And you've seen wolves before. You've seen dogs before. This is neither. It kind of has like this like gaseous blue aura around it as it's emerging from the darkness and it's like growling and seems to be very very keen on you and then turns and notices your food that's cooking at the fire uh i want to see if i can kind of just throw the food into the woods or something and see if like they'll just leave us alone because i i thought it was going to be like a bear or a wolf you know the the type of beasts that regularly attack uh camping men like the ones i've heard in countless tales this on the other hand i don't know maybe if we just uh give it our food it will be gone okay i don't this kind of sounds like hunting actually i pick up the haunch of meat and i'm just like is it this you want and i i throw it into the into the the trees can you make me a hunting roll i actually pass seven out of ten first off check your hunting if you didn't already check it from earlier but you see this beast kind of like follow your hand and watch this like uh, haunch go into the like darkness of the woods. It kind of turns its head and looks at it and kind of like gives like a, but as it says, it's like really voluminous, this like growl or bark or whatever it did. And you kind of feel it echo throughout your entire body like you could feel it in the backs of your teeth and it kind of like backs up slowly into the woods again and you're just watching these two eyes and then it kind of disappears in a puff of smoke and then it kind of like reappears next to the fire and it's like chewing on this bone and it kind of looks at you and now it just seems like a giant mastiff and it's like looking at the bone which is like now like supernaturally licked literally bone white and it just sits down and looks up at you and does one of those really deep barks again like you feel it in your teeth again and it looks at you more and its tail starts wagging what are you golson kind of looks at this creature in amazement and he still definitely has his guard up completely he's he's not letting his guard down around this thing but it is kind of starting to remind him of just hounds he's seen in the manor or just wild dogs he's seen just kind of like running around in this behavior but this is not like any 
any kind of dog, wolf, anything he's seen before. And I don't know. I don't think he's seen any kind of magic or or seen the anything from like the the fairy world in real life. And he's probably heard stories that he like maybe didn't take full stock in. But uh, you know, all that stuff is hearsay. But um, this is like something he's seeing for the first time, like with his own eyes, and he's just kind of like in complete shock right now. Uh, but he's going to kind of uh, see if he can get another scrap of food and kind of just like uh, cautiously kneel down close to the blue dog-like entity and just kind of be like, here you are, lad. Here you go. Eat up now. See? All friends here. Nothing but friends here. And I look to Baldrick with just like a very grave expression. Like, I'm like, I'm so scared. Baldrick passes his Valorous roll, and you see this canine beast thing kind of like open its mouth. And like, even though it's kind of like in like a more dog-like form than it was earlier, it's still like its mouth opens like the size of your head and it kind of like curls around this piece of meat that you're offering it. And like the meat kind of like disappears around it. And then like the dog kind of like shimmers into like this blue smoke again um, from and like disappears from your side. And then you're look, like looking around, trying to find it again. Then you look down by the fire um, and it's sort of like lying down on the ground, just kind of picking this bone cream clean. And it's just like ignoring you now. And like you see, like it just basically transported itself in like a blink of an eye, like across the campsite. And now it's just kind of chewing on the bone and looking at you a little bit. And it wags its tail. Aldrick, what do you make of this? Uh, I, I, I don't know, sir. Uh, it doesn't look as though it wants to harm us right now. No, definitely not right now, but uh, wasn't quite so sure earlier. It's kind of dog-like in its form, wouldn't you say? Some sort of fairy hound? If you say so, uh, good sir. Uh, Golson is like still just completely in shock. Part of him wants to pack up the uh, the camp and see if they can kind of just go while this thing is uh, placated with the meat. And uh, I think he's actually going to propose that to to Baldrick. He's going to be like, "Do we do we pack up while it's distracted, make our way through the woods, or do we wait and s- study this creature more?" That's uh, that's really your call, sir. As he's already rolling up his bedroll. Right. Indeed. All right, Baldrick. Let us make haste. And I'm kind of just like uh, being careful to kind of like tiptoe around this thing. And um, if it follows us, like, who knows? Maybe it'll uh, maybe it'll kind of watch out for us. But um, I don't want to just like stick around and let it get hungry again and just eat us here while we uh, while we try to go back to sleep or something. I think this is like, if anything, a sign that we need to move on. Right. And, you know, Baldrick doesn't think that either of you would be getting much sleep in this spot for the rest of the night. I'm not sure I'm ever going to sleep again. I mean, you made your Valorous. So, yeah, the the two of you uh, make haste and break camp and, you know, probably travel for many more hours through the night to see if you can put some distance between yourself and the creature. Since you're moving about at night in a strange woods, can I get another hunting roll? That's a fail. Yeah, you 
you have no direction which way you're going. Like you look up the up at the stars, and they even seem off to you a little bit, almost like um, they've been like kind of moved around. So you are kind of lost. I turn over to Baldrick, and uh, when I'm like finally ready to admit that I've lost our way, I'm just like Baldrick. I think we might have walked in a little bit of a circle here. I have to admit that ethereal hound threw me off my bearings. Right. Uh, well, no man could actually fault you for that, sir. Uh, the Fae Wild is a dangerous place. And uh, uh, Gullison doesn't actually know like a lot about Fae, uh, fairy lore. So he's going to kind of just be like, why do you say that? Oh, just stories, you know. Indeed, but stories are just that. Stories. Can't be living our lives in fear of and he's just kind of like thinking about that as he says it just thinking about just like how moments ago he saw this otherworldly creature that he like fed and uh even just like watching its its mannerisms and its behavior he's still it's still just like racing in his mind he's just like i suppose you're right let us be careful can you make me an awareness roll Sorry, dice is a little slow today. Oh, that's a pass, though. Uh, seven on a nine. All right, check your awareness. And you kind of, like, take some time to look around and get your bearing again. When uh, you think you're going the right direction, and then you hear another one of those, like, soul-filling barks, and you kind of see this dog beast, like, kind of sitting at the crest of the hill, and you see, like, the sun starting to rise above its shoulder and it's kind of silhouetting itself in front of you, which actually makes it even more bigger and probably even more terrifying. But um, as you see the sun going up, you recognize that, well, that's obviously East. So I'm able to kind of like realign myself as I see the sun uh, rising. And I'm just like, also a little bit relieved to see daybreak. It's just a little, um, things are just more chaotic at night, always. And he he probably just believes out of some superstition that the fairy wilds are are more active at night as well. Um, and just like probably associates anything scary with just like night, uh, probably as like people people did in older times. But yeah, so as he sees like the daybreak and he kind of like gets his bearings again, I know which direction we need to head now. Is it like, where does that put me in relation to the to the fairy dog that's uh just showed himself? Well, you kind of need to go like southeast to get to where you're wanting to go at this point, which will kind of take you across his path, but unless you go up to him, not right up to him, and you're kind of making your um your way, and then you notice that out of nowhere a trail suddenly springs to life in front of you. Like you've gone from like super thick, dense forest to Oh, here's the poor excuse for what passes as the King's Highway in these parts. We tread quickly onto the the trail. And uh, the second my feet hit the official trail, I say I say a prayer. And I'm just like, I'm just like a, a sense of relief washes over me. Yeah. And since you're booking it, um, it doesn't take you long to recognize uh, the cast of of legions in the distance one of the landmarks you know and 
you continue on. You stop there overnight, you head through Norgales, do Gomorrah. Uh, it's a long journey and it takes you like several more weeks to complete. But at long last, you, you know, start asking about, uh, you know, the kingdom of uh, Gwelod and it's actually recognized in this area. And some of the uh, peasants are actually able to uh, say, oh, yeah, it's just like another day is arrived in this direction. I wait until we're good and ready. I imagine that like once we, well, I'm sure that this kind of happened along the way where we kind of like escaped the hard, the really, really rugged, rugged travel and probably like spent a few nights with like a roof over our head along the way or something like that. So um, probably being in much better spirits when I actually set out to uh, Gwelod and just kind of like feeling like I've talked enough to locals to like know where I'm headed into the woods and just kind of like feel like my, my stomach is full. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. That's when, uh, you know, me and me and Baldrick are going to like set out in the morning. So you set out in the morning and taking the advice of some of the locals, you make your way to Gwelod and it's described to you as a fairy tale like land, which has been relatively untouched by recent wars. Um, It's actively pagan and its rulers um, basically are thought of as king and queen of the land. You come to this crossroads where the northern and southern ends of these dikes are. And like looking across this distance, you see like this area that these dikes were put up and it has been reclaimed from the waters. And you see like a vast number of cities um, along them. And asking some of the locals, uh, they they refer to them as the 76 cities. I mean, they're they're actually towns, um, but the peasants say that they're full of happy peasants who spin cloth as smooth as Samite, and even the beggars ride war horses here. That's like confusing to Golston. He's just like, how is that so? But he he nevertheless kind of like, kind of just like agree or nods along and um. You know, he's not really sure what to make of this of this place. If this is like some kind of blend of milk and honey, he's I don't know. There's a fairy connection like it's you know, it's it's described as like a fairy tale land or something. He's kind of like weary of this place. Um, One of the peasants uh, points you to a large tower in the distance and refers to it as the Tower of the Sea. And you see it's like this kind of like bastion on the edge of this dike that is again holding back the water and it said that the the lord um lives there so that's uh where you should head and uh yeah so i i set out towards the tower how far away uh is it from because like so i'm looking on this kingdom is like has smaller townsteads in it i guess right so how uh how far away is the tower do i have to cross like many towns to get there uh, if you just stay along the road, you should be able to get there before nightfall. Oh, that's perfect. So you mount up again on your palfrey, and you, Baldrick, and your train of uh, horses kind of scoots along. And as you're going, like the wind and the rain pick up as you're going, and thunder crashes um, from among the western crowds, and uh, raindrops are splashing off your um, armor, and you find a crossroad and a uh, dirt trail uh, kind of like leads off towards the um, tower 
and you see they're just kind of appearing as if almost out of nowhere this like like haggish figure and she's like 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 super tall like over seven feet tall wiry frame with like um these rags kind of like like flapping in the breeze and she's almost seems like she floats when she walks and she kind of like extends the hand out to her and to you and beckons you towards her uh can i get a valorous check please i passed four on a 14 well you can you could tell that your horse is ready to bolt but you somehow keep it in line as you make your approach when you get close enough the the hag kind of uh says to you Oh, another hero to seek the Countess, eh? Oh, you have to be better than the last one if you wish to keep your head. Soldiers he likes, not wooers at Triamore. <laughs> oh, Galston does not like that, but he, he tries to kind of still like stand tall. And well, this woman's pretty big too. He tries to stand tall uh, and like um, like proud and defiant in the face of this hag. And he just goes, pay this hag no mind, Baldrick. We are men on a mission. And he's he tells her, he tells her to be gone, actually. He just like looks at he looks at her, and even though he is scared inside, he's just like, leave us. We have important business. Be seeing you. <laughs> and she kind of like dissipates into the darkness as like a clash of lightning hits through and you hear someone else calling out to you, you there, on the road, get inside. And it seems to be someone at the tower um, beckoning you and your companion to, you know, take shelter inside the stables as the rain and storm just really picks up. Yeah, and we we ride hard to uh, where we're beckoned to, and we, we just, like, take cover. The man kind of, like, leads you and Baldrick to the stables and... Like helps you dismount and like pages take away your horses and start brushing them off, and says, "Oh wow, uh, glad to got you back in time." Did you see that that foul creature on the trail? That woman, the that hag, the, that bog witch. Oh um, no. Perhaps it's uh, best if we uh, make our way in and you can enjoy our lord's hospitality. Indeed. So. Basically, this this man kind of leads you to like a, a chamber where you can like wash and refresh yourself. And, you know, you, you're you probably figure it's a good time to, you know, change into your better clothes to be received at court rather than go in this murky stuff that you were uh, traveling in. It's basically all wet. Um, yeah, your room has a fine down mattress and comforter. And there's like these Roman style uh um brazers set up for like heating and gives like you know a nice you know warm glow to the room and you could just hear this the storm just going outside um after you're cleaned up uh like a like a herald sort of type person kind of leads you down to announce you to your host lord uh who he says is named count uh gwidno garan here count count gwidno um would be receiving you and uh, kind of like brushing off my fineries, I uh, prepare to make make my way down to Lord Gwidno, uh, looking like a a tall bumblebee in my black and yellow regalia, and um, 
you know, looking like a lot more cleaned up than, than I have in the past several weeks. So you make your way into the hall and he's sitting, uh, this, you know, stately man is seated on, seated on this uh, carved ebony throne to his right um, sits this not quite middle-aged um, woman who um, is introduced to you as uh, Countess Triamore. And on his left is a uh, knight. He's an older knight um, who is introduced as Sir Scythian. And they say, uh, welcome. Uh, welcome to this uh, idyllic land, traveler. Who are you? I am Sir Golston. I serve under... Lord Gregor de Stafford, and I take a knee and I'm just like, it is an honor to be received by you. The honor is all ours, says the Count, um, as he like bids you to rise. Nothing's more needed these days than friendly visitors, um, and especially in on a night like tonight. The commoners I've talked to along the way have made this place out to be such an idyllic land. Do you have many enemies? What What seems to trouble you? Nothing here troubles us, though we are very vigilant in our our uh, daily patrols to keep it that way. And Sir uh, Seathen kind of nods at that, like, yeah, he's the one doing all this um, patrolling to keep things safe. I so, kind yes. of like, oh, I'm sorry. No, you, you go. I kind of like a... Uh give like a modest chuckle, but I'm just like, forgive my ignorance. I'm a newcomer to these lands. What significance does tonight hold? Well, it's the first night in ages that we had a visitor. Please, let's let's delay no further and uh, let, let's let's start a feast. And like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, let's let's start a feast. They bring out a big long wooden boards with like this smoked pike on it, and there's like some salad and pastry in it and it looks really good and they have a a bard who is um like there and he's talk telling the story of the the tale of brutus's voyage to britain uh, britain and him overcoming the giants and then the wine comes out uh count gwindor uh is like like savoring it and you're given a glass as well and he's like ah fine line Wine from the land of Troy, where our ancestors ruled. This was brewed for the prey to Bacchus, you know, uh, but seized by Brenimus, my ancient ancestor who plundered Rome and saved this until this feast. And like everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's like pretty impressive to Golestin. He's just like, wow, so this is a like, I, I've never had anything of this vintage. You know, I, I've drank in commoner wine and even like, the the finer wines that that I've tasted did not have such a storied history to them. Do you wish to indulge in said wine? Oh, well, I surely don't mean to impose. Like he's already offering you the wine. Yeah, yeah, but, okay, um, yeah. Oh, does, yeah. Then I'm does and wish to like you know drink more of it and be like, oh yeah, this is really good wine and savor it. I think um, I think like initially he was probably just going to have. The re- like regular uh, hospitable amount, but I think once he tastes it and enjoys it, he's definitely going to, if offered another glass, uh, yeah, like accept it. Just like, oh, this is really good. Well, also trying not to drink too deeply, but yeah, he knows that that can get away from me sometimes. Would you like to uh, make a, a temperate roll, please? Just barely passed 11 on a 12. 
Well, first off, check your temperate. Um, the count, on the other hand, is clearly indulging, and it's like this sort of like liquid ambrosia coming out of like this crystal bottle with like even like has a little cool figurine on top. It looks like uh, has like a Roman eagle on it and everything. I yeah, tell uh, I tell Baldric, I'm like, don't judge them, Baldric. They're they're pagan. This is this is part of their ways. But clearly, it's just like me judging them really hard and like being like kind of not uncomfortable, but just like um, feeling out of place because it doesn't uh, it doesn't like exactly align with my social like attitudes. But I'm just like you know, hmm, yes. Check your honest as. As the Count is clearly checking his generous and his indulgent, he's indulging quite heavily and he's starting to kind of nod off. And the older um, knight, uh, Sir Seathen, uh, kind of like whispers to you, he's like, uh, he gets like this sometimes. It's his geas, you know, to drink anything set before him. But he always falls asleep after the good drink, you know? Well, uh, you know, we all enjoy our time in different ways. This is a lovely, lovely uh, manner, or whatever, whatever I would properly call it. My many thanks. I'll be sure to uh, pass along um, your thankfulness to the count when he awakes. And you're kind of like um, watching as uh, a bunch of servants kind of help the count back to uh, back to his bed, and then you notice like the the countess is kind of like um, smiling. And he, she kind of like smiles and then she like is kind of like uh, playing with like a really big jeweled ring on her finger and like twirling her earrings and necklace and just like, you know, talking about like all this like uh, amazing profit that these towns are churning out and how she's going to have the finest dresses is she just like talking to uh, somebody at the feast right now or just kind of like going on like to like a group of people or something? Or is she like specifically telling this to me? Well, I will allow you to make either courtesy or intrigue. Let me know which one. Uh, courtesy, because that one is a lot better for me. Uh, still a fail, though. So I don't know. It just probably doesn't come out the most courteous, but you're kind of thinking aloud to yourself like... Who is she talking to? And you probably even say as much out loud, but then only too late, you notice that, oh, she's probably talking so the whole table can hear her and chime in. And then you kind of get some like, like sideways glances from some of the other guests at the dinner. Um, I, I like kind of uh, will indulge her conversation a little bit and just be like, it, it was, like coming upon an oasis when my squire Baldrick and I arrived at your lands, it was many weeks of hard travel that brought us here. And to be greeted with such hospitality, the finest wine I've ever tasted and amazing food and feast. Uh, surely this is a, a great and prosperous place. That it is. But, uh, you know, this has been good wine. However, two nights hence will surely be the night for tasteful indulgence that night and she leans in close to you after the bard speaks of the swan knight ask my lord for noah's line and she kind of winks at you he's kind of just like uh kind of like wondering about what that uh information like 
So she's giving him like some kind of like tip or hint. And he's just like, uh, he's trying to act like appreciative, but he's not really sure. Like, I, I don't know. He, he doesn't want to seem like uh, out of place or like discourteous. So he'll just kind of like nod politely and just be like, oh, yes, of course. And just kind of like wink back, I guess. But he doesn't know if he's really like wants to go down this hole of like, you know, trying like the, the most indulgent, you know, like just like further and further down this hole of just like the most indulgent thing. So he's kind of just like, yeah, yeah, great. Of course, of course. I don't know if she knows, but I'm addicted to uh, spice. So I grab like another big haunch of meat and kind of just kind of just kind of like go back to blending in. Uh, but out of character really quick, she's telling me about the swan night. Is that something that the bard like performs like a uh, was that what she was saying? Yeah, I mean, like tonight, um, you have the story of uh, you know Brutus and the giants. With but she's basically saying, "Hey, you think tonight was a great feast? It gets better." It's like I feel like uh, Golston was was taking it as like requesting the Swan Knight is some kind of like secret like password or something to like. <laughs> to just like try something more indulgent and he's just like not he just feels like kind of like strange yeah and the rest of the feast um kind of like you know it 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 rounds out with not um any big um events and you're you slowly um but surely make your way to bed and you go to your nice private room that you share only with one other person again a pretty big deal and you you curl up but then a couple hours later, you're awakened by a serving wench in the middle of the night. I rise I'm kind of like a little bit out of sorts. I'm a little bit confused, but I, I uh, see what she's, what she's come to offer. Sir Knight, my, my lady wishes to meet with you in private. I put my fine clothes back on. Um, of course, try to make it look like I was like never sleeping and I uh, go go and visit uh, the ladies' quarters. Well, the or wherever. Yeah, the serving wench kind of takes you into the back room by the, behind the kitchens, and there you see as beautiful as ever is Triamore, the Countess of the Castle, and she's kind of just you know waiting there. And she says to you, "Courageous knight, my thanks for to you for coming here. I seek aid from someone who will have a pity on a captive woman." And who's not afraid to act when the time comes? Will you help me? My lady, you've truly found the right person. I am indeed your most humble knight for this task. Wonderful. The kind lord here is a generous one and very generous with the gifts of others. He came here and took all from me and made me his slave wife despite my protests. No one protests for me now because they fear him. He will murder anyone who contests his claim, but someone must bring me justice. Golston is kind of thinking, I think in his idea, he was going to kind of like ride this countess out of here and like rescue her, like in stories, but he's getting like a different picture now. Like this is hers and she probably wouldn't want to leave that. So he's kind of just like rubbing his chin and and thinking, and he's just like, well, my lady, it was my plan to rescue you from this place, but I get the impression that you 
might not want to leave what is rightfully yours. How is this um, uh, making him like, what sort of trait would you kind of align your um, feelings to like either mercy or just maybe? I am definitely more just than I am merciful, like significantly. Uh, Which one do you think feels more about um, like is clawing at um, Sir Goliston to kind of. So where Goliston stands on it, like he, he probably would think that uh, this countess was like unjustly claimed by this count, I guess. Right. I don't know. The way she was making it sound was like, he took everything from her. And um, the fact that basically uh, the fact that my Lord, Sir Gregor framed this as this is, a countess who is being held captive. I'm inclined to believe that Count Gwyndor's power is ill-gotten. Um, and so okay. that like, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to take the side of, Tyr- of uh, Triamor because like in my mind, like she has been uh, unrightly, unrightly uh, taken or something. That that sounds like a just roll then, because like you're okay. trying to put bring justice back. Pass thirteen on a sixteen. All right, check your just. And nodding along with what you said earlier, she says, "It'll be worth your while, I promise." Uh, you must seize the cup of omigos at the feast to be held in two nights hence. It is large and worth the ransom of ten knights with their equipment. If you succeed, then it will be yours. We can prepare him, and I will give a signal. Watch for it. You will act with courage and boldness. And I know a way to aid your task. You must ask the Lord for Noah's wine. Two nights hence, you are his guest. And by hospitality, he cannot refuse you without appearing to be stringy. It's a heady liquor. I'm sure the old guzzler will not be able to resist drinking it himself. When he is drunk, you could take the cup. Once you have hold of it, you must not stop until we are past the borders of this land. Then, and only then, will I be free. Then it shall be done, my lady. She nods, and um, like the, as if out of nowhere, the serving girl appears and escorts you back to your quarters. Uh, Goliston is like plotting in his head as he uh, goes back to his quarters and retires for the night. Um, he's not really like a... I don't know. He's not really like a conniving person. He doesn't really think he's going to be good at uh, having like a a secret intention to all of this. So that kind of worries him. Like maybe he won't be able to sell, sell this good enough. Maybe he won't be able to like request this without raising suspicion. Uh, But he's like, well, surely I have to try. So. So Dawn, the next morning um, you wake up and you put on your, clothing once again and you're met by sir Stephen, who is asking um if you wish to volunteer to accompany him on patrol otherwise if you wish to stay behind there's a chess match today i will uh accompany him on patrol maybe there's more i can learn from him excellent gear up and meet me by the stables ah of course and then uh yeah i I have baldrick kind of like get me set up and then i go and i i uh ride up to the or not right up. I meet him to the stables and, um, you know, I, I get ready to set out with him. In addition to your uh, mail and your helm, you're also kind of wearing like this, like oiled leather, like cloth to kind of protect you because the rain has not let yet let up. Uh, basically, you're escorting like a bunch of uh, 
peasants carrying like uh, tools of some sort, and you're going to watch over them as they, you know, dig a ditch. The patrol goes north along the dike and then south, and then, you know, at certain intervals, uh, Cersei then stops and instructs the peasants to work. And, you know, they kind of like, you know, dig water trenches to, you know, keep the the dike from bursting and, you know, relieve areas in certain places. And it's like, okay, this here, um, even if we don't need it, will be good for irrigating crops and, um, you know, naturally you don't um, indulge in any of the physical labor. Um, can you make me an awareness check? That's a fail. I mean, it is raining quite hard. You don't really notice anything out of the ordinary, but, uh, yeah, you're you're at this for most of the day. There's not a whole lot of warriors um, out um, with you, which is probably why Cersei then asked for you to accompany him. But you know, you make your way back and you know get dried off, and Baldric's there to meet you with your best clothing again because uh, once again it's uh, almost ready to get ready, almost time to get ready for the feast of the second night. I like knights. Do you like knights too? If so, check out our Scion, Temptation, and 13th Age games for more chivalric role-playing.